Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Good morning, burning daylight folks. Been a hell of a weekend. Went to a little town in California called Bridgeport. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the people that they run cattle here where I'm at. Uh, they they also run cattle over on the over the hill on the California side of the border. And uh, typically they'll summer up in the Sierras, and then they'll bring everything home to the valley in the winter where they're where they have access to feed and uh, you know in the Sierras it gets gets pretty nasty up there a lot of snow so there's uh there's snow on the ground and cattle are gonna have a hard, hard time getting any any feed unless you unless you physically put it in front of them so that's why uh but the, then during the summer that that grass spring and summer that grass gets like belly deep on the cow and just really excellent feed and uh so that's kind of how they do it here but anyway they do uh bridgeport has a hellacious fourth of july celebration they they put on one of the better for a small town they really put on a hell of a fireworks show and it's uh i mean it's just a big big to do there for uh the weekend of Independence Day, and they a lot of times they'll have the ranch rodeo on the on the the fourth if that's how it falls. But whereas the Thursday this this year they had the they had the ranch rodeo on Friday Saturday. So uh, we me and my family we went to watch the fireworks in uh, Earrington, Nevada, and then uh, then I went up and and watched the rodeo. In Bridgeport on Friday, Saturday, did uh, did some interviews. Uh, one of them that you you heard on Monday morning. I uh, this is now Tuesday, or you will be hearing it on Tuesday. It's it's Monday morning. But anyhow, the stuff that you heard is just a snippet of what I I was able to collect there at, at Bridgeport, and I, it was a good learning experience. It was a hell of a lot of fun. I learned that there's some people who just don't want to be recorded. They, they're one of the better storytellers there. Didn't wanna, didn't wanna record. And I, uh, I hope I didn't offend him. I pushed him a little bit just to, just to try to get uh, a good story. And I, I didn't mean to offend him if I did. But anyway, I just that's a learning experience. Is to, that some people just don't want to talk when there's a recorder around. And, uh, and that's all well and good. Uh, it's to each their own. So, that being said, I want to thank everybody who did sit down and or uh, and you know just visit. You know, there was about three different campfires I was at on uh, on Friday night, and uh, and got some really really funny material. Met some really really colorful type of characters. I I really enjoyed talking to everybody and. Uh, I plan on doing it again at some point, and uh, I think you guys are going to like it. So I'll, I'll be just kind of releasing some of these other stories as we go. I, like I said, I recorded about 10 gigabytes worth of, of material, which is several hours worth. And uh, there's a lot of it we can use. There's a lot of it that just didn't come out very well. Not the material itself, just the sound quality and, and whatnot, but uh, it was really, 
it was neat. I had a good time and I met some, some really cool people and I uh, got some good stories. So I hope you like it. Uh, this morning, I am flying solo and uh, I am riding a little mare that I have decided to call Elizabeth Warren because I had a fella from over at Shurs, Nevada, which uh, is uh, western Nevada, uh, and it is on Highway 95 headed towards Las Vegas. It's nowhere near that far south, but that is about, about 45 minutes an hour from where I live now. And Shurs is uh, in the middle of the Paiute Reservation. So therefore, I, it was a it was a Native Indian, a Native American fellow that that asked me to ride her, and so that that's why I uh, decided to call her Elizabeth Warren because she is straight off the res. Uh, she's uh, she's about a eight to ten year old mare, I believe. So anyway, this this mare is. Uh, he thought she was somewhere from you know eight to ten, twelve years old, right in there. Um, they had picked her up on a rescue type deal, and he's he's not a he's not an elderly felon by any means, but he's I don't know probably probably fifties or so. And he uh, said she rides around okay, uh, but she'd been sitting for about a year he didn't have time to ride her and uh, his kids were wanting to ride her a little bit so he wanted to make her make sure she was going to be safe so there i came in so i'm riding her in my, my new hackamore setup i got a i picked up a, a bozelle from mr i think it's a gillies is who who made it is what they told me but i, I bought it off of uh ray johnson his uh He's a friend of mine. I've met here about, I think, last year sometime. His uh, his son works with me, and, uh, and then his younger son. Uh, I've uh, I've helped Brandon a few things. Uh, sure enough, his his youngest son is a dang good cowboy. And uh, anyway, that's where I bought that boat cell from, and it's pretty nice. I I thought it was pretty cool, so. That's what I'm riding her in, and my and my horse hair and McCarty, and she is she does ride around okay. She's not at all a fan of uh, opening and closing gates, but it's only the second day I've rode her, so she'll she'll get there. It's just a lot of a lot of repetition and uh, trying to figure out how to communicate with her. So my my normal method is not been very effective. I, I've been able to get her to come up on the left-hand side pretty good. So that means she's probably going to be left-side dominant. And that, so like when you're, when you catch a lope, you just let her travel out naturally. When she hits a, she hits her stride, that left, uh, left foot is going to hit first. So she's going to lead with the left side. And uh, and that's kind of how she, uh, you know, that horses are kind of like people. They're either left-handed or right-handed. And uh, so she is left-side dominant, left-lead dominant. So 
coming up on the right hand side she's not a big fan of and uh, and so I've uh, I've pinched my leg up against the fence several times uh, part of the, the deal you you just know you're gonna you're gonna have some sore and bruised shins until she kind of figures out what what we need to do and I like I said I my method of communication has not been all that effective so I'm gonna have to switch up my tactics but she is a she's a good-looking mare uh, kind of a, not real short probably probably stands about 15 hands and uh, big chest big hip pretty head she's a kind of a typical quarter horse looking mare she's got a freeze brand on her right shoulder that I'm not real for sure I need to I was gonna look at the couple different brand books and see where she might have come from but the Sean the fellow that owns her he he said the same thing he wasn't wasn't real sure where that brand came from but he was he was kind of wanting to do some research and look it up so I might might do that myself Actually, I'll probably post it on a couple Facebook pages and see if anybody recognizes it. But she's a pretty cool mare. She's just uh, a little hard-headed, and being being a little on the older side, she's uh, kind of set in her ways. But she's not she's not super old by any means, so she she can still learn a few things. Uh, once they get over like 15 years old, they they really kind of are what they are. They're not going to change much. I mean, you can try, but after they've been doing their own thing for so long it's uh you know it's kind of a different thing they uh, they're not going to learn much or they, they might but they're just not going to change much more than anything that's i guess kind of the long and short of it but she's still got some learning to do i think i think she will and uh yeah i think i think she'll come out all right it's going to be going to be some work right off the bat but I think well we had a heifer that was kind of stuck she laid down weird or something she may have some nerve damage or uh, she might be what we call a brainer it was hard to really tell if she was twitching because she was a brainer or if she was twitching because she uh, she was you know just like uncomfortable and everything had fell asleep because she'd been laying where she was for so long you know every now and then they'll get laid down in a hole or laying downhill or a slick spot and then they can't get back up some for whatever reason and uh luckily she was she was laying uphill and and so she didn't bloat or anything a lot of times when they're laying downhill it uh you know they're they got a you know kind of a pretty small lung capacity compared to how big of a, an animal they are and which that really has nothing to do with the bloat part but anyway they, they uh, if they lay downhill they have a hard time for all those uh, those compartments of their stomachs or really they're just it's four separate stomachs that a that a ruminant animal like the like the bovine or the cow or the you know like a deer is the same thing deer uh, sheep they all they all got four stomachs 
and uh, a lot of times they'll set, they'll tell you four compartments of the stomach but they're really four separate stomachs <clears throat> but anyway the rumen is where where all your like fermentation happens you always hear about a, a cow chewing their cud well it's because they uh, they'll throw their food back up they'll get what they can out of it and then whatever whatever nutrient they're they're getting will pass from the rumen and then go on further down the line. I don't recall right off the top of my head which uh, which stomach it goes into next. But anyway, so they whatever nutrients they get out of it, they uh, will pass on through, and then they'll they'll throw it back up, and then the, the saliva will help digest a little bit more. And so basically, it'd be like uh, uh, like distilling liquor, you know, every time you distill it, you get a little few more of the impurities out and you get more straight alcohol. And uh, so kind of think about it like that, you know, triple distilled bovine uh, feed. But anyway, the, when they're laying downhill like that, the, the rumen has a hard time passing uh, the material on, on back. And uh, so then you get a buildup of methane in the in the rumen and that's what we call a bloat and so if you see something laying down and they're kicking you you know you want to roll them over or spin them around so that they're they can get their front feet underneath them and then you know go ahead and get back up before they bloat or at the very least sit them sit them up on their brisket that way their that rumen and, and all four stomachs can work like they're supposed to and and then you know then it's just a matter of if she needs help getting up you kind of you got to figure out how to do that i i don't know if she'll get up uh but we're gonna treat her as a brainer um which would be a shot of uh biomycin which is a oxytetracycline class antibiotic and uh and for all the, the people who don't know, antibiotics, I mean, think about antibiotics in cattle just like you'd think about antibiotics in people. Uh, you don't want to use them all the time, but they're, they're very effective at treating infection. So that's, that is strictly why we, uh, we use antibiotics in the, in the cattle industry, is to treat a sickness, some sort of infection. And biomycin is what we call a a broad spectrum antibiotic which means it's uh, pretty non-discriminatory it covers a wide range of uh, bacteria and uh, so if you uh, compare it to a crop or like a pesticide <clears throat> it'd be similar to like a roundup it just kind of or not not even so much that it'd be like if, if there was a mild version of uh, Tordon I don't even know if Tordon's still on but my my neighbor growing up Mr. Terrell Hancock, he uh, he hired me one summer, and I mean I worked for him on and off throughout the years. But he uh, he hired me one summer, and all I did was just spray bindweed patches in his all of his uh, farm fields behind a he had a little spray rig pulled behind a, a four wheeler, and uh, and that's what I did. And we used a Roundup to, uh, 240 and Tordon mixture, and uh, you know, bindweed is really hard to get rid of it. It's uh, it's an invasive and aggressive species. So uh, to to get rid of it, he he mixed that tordon in, which do, what it does is kind of sterilizes the ground for 
for a couple of years and uh, nothing grows there. So, it, I mean, it, it's effective at getting a, rid of bindweed, but uh, effective at getting rid of everything else too. And that's kind of how uh, you would treat a, like a broad spectrum type antibiotic is there, it's pretty non-discriminatory. Whereas like uh, 2,4-D gets rid of grasses and uh, Roundup gets rid of uh, broadleaf plants. But Tordon just says, nope, nothing's growing here. And, uh, and that's kind of what biomycin uh, does as well. It's, uh, like I said, oxy oxytetracycline. There's several different uh, variations of that. The most commonly known is LA-200. It's real cheap, doesn't require a prescription to use. And then like noramycin, which is LA-300, same drug. A uh, little different uh, concentration in it, and then biomycin also, same thing. And uh, biomycin's kind of a preferred uh, preferred use for me. Just like it's it's a good coverall drug, just whatever. It, it's gonna it's gonna treat just about whatever. Um, biomycin's a little a little thinner than your LA two hundred or your uh, normycin, so you get a little less meat damage when you give an injection. So you know, so you don't get dinged near as much on uh, on your slaughter cattle if they've been treated with it. You, they don't have to, they don't cut out as much uh, meat. And uh, so that's why I, I like to use it. It doesn't, I think overall, normycin probably has the best response just because it's got a heavier, heavier concentration. And uh, then then LA 200 or uh, the biomycin, but it uh, it's very effective. And uh, LA 300 or normycin, we we don't use it just strictly because of the 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 meat damage that it, that it can be caused because it's real thick uh, and it uh, it kind of irritates that muscle. So you know, much like if you ever got a shot of penicillin in your butt, it burns like a son of a bitch for a little bit. And uh, so that's kind of kind of like what normycin is. So this this heifer back to her, I'm gonna treat her as a brainer because I don't know for sure what's wrong with her, and I don't think there's probably any infection in her. I think more more than anything, there's something pinched or inflamed. And uh, so what we use is uh, for a, a brainer is a, a shot of biomycin and then a shot of thymine, which is, which is very good for, for like repairing nerves. And it's been shown to, to help a brainer recover. And I'm not sure the science behind it, but it, it's not super effective, but it's, it works just about as good as anything else on, on a brainer. So, and then I also had you guys give her a shot of dexamethasone, which is kind of like a, it's an anti-inflammatory, kind of a steroid type. Also good for repairing damaged nerves and whatnot. So we'll see how she responds to that. She might get up. I mean, she, she was kicking and still, so I don't think she's, you know, just completely gone, but she might, she might be able to recover. We'll see. Well, this little mare is, she's doing okay, I guess. I just, you know, once, once I get through the gates and everything, it's really not, she's not much of an issue. It's, I can get through and then I got to go back and, and shut it. And I've got to circle her around, circle her around. And, uh, you know, and she's, 
thing is, she knows what I'm trying to do. She just doesn't want to do it. Like I said, I've got to find a little, I'm going to have to tweak my communication just a, just a touch. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do is, uh, for right now, I'm just going to leave this gate open. And I may end up just stepping off and opening gates on her on foot and then just using the gate to come to her and make her make her side pass so that gate's not banging against her you know and it, like if she doesn't want to move you kind of nudge her with it a little bit nothing to nothing to cause any pain but you know just kind of get that point across so you just you kind of tap them on the hip with that gate and they'll usually go ahead and step step aside for you and that's all I'm trying to do is I want her to where she stands parallel to the gate so I can grab that that gate latch or the gate rod pistol whatever you want to call it and then I can then I can get her to either push that gate while staying parallel or I can get her to side pass the other way and and bring that gate to her and a lot of times that's that can be the most effective way to get them especially if you if you're having a hard time get them to side pass anyways uh, Pulling a gate to them uh, seems to be pretty effective. Not all the time, like on her, it hasn't really worked much. But if you can, if you can keep a hold of their head, to where they're not just gonna, you know, run, uh, run away or back up, back up on you, and you know, but you can, you can pull that gate to them, and a lot of time, like I said, you can kind of bounce the gate off their shoulder a little bit, and uh, and then they'll go ahead and step, and that just kind of teaches them that method and so if I do kind of bang the gate off of them a little bit I, I try not to pull on their face because I want them to think that was you know it was their idea to close that gate that's the that's one of the more effective ways to uh, to get a horse to do something is to uh, make them think it was their idea so like when we were starting Colts with me and my dad uh, he would lunge them around. I'd be in the saddle, and they'd be on the end of the lunge line. And then, once we, uh, once we went ahead and put them, you know, in a in a hackamore or even in a you know in a bit, and uh, and I was riding them on my own. Uh, what I'd do is I'd kind of just let them, let them walk out, and wherever they wanted to go, let them go. They're you know they're in a they're in our training pen, so our corral, so they're not going to go very far but you just kind of let them let them wander and whenever they turn you just give a little little tug on that rein on the side they're turning to and then they you know and hopefully they kind of they kind of tip their nose in that direction as well and that's if they do that you've got a, a great start because they think they did that on their own and not only that they're giving their head and like i said before once you control the head you control the rest of the horse and uh so that's kind of what i i try to do is uh it's just you want them to make them make them think it was their idea i wanted to do that you know not i wasn't you don't want them to think they were forced to do it you're you're not uh you're not creating a slave you're you're creating uh you know using you know here uh you're training uh if uh, you know, if this was the NFL, this would be like your uh, like your offensive lineman or something. You know, they're uh, 
they're the big powerful suckers you know but she's a it's a it's a very very distinct relationship between the horse and the cowboy if you're gonna get a, a job done you could be a handy handy fella but if you're if your horse is not cooperating you might as well be useless as tits on a boar hog and uh, so it's you know it, it's a very uh, symbi symbiotic re relationship so right now me and oh, Elizabeth Warren are not very symbiotic it's a very kind of one-sided part to this relationship here so as with all relationships, I need to work on my communication. And that's what I'm going to try today. So I'm just going to try a couple different things, and whatever one works best, that's what I'm going to roll with. It might not be ideal, but we'll try it. So I, I just got her to shut that gate, open and shut the gate, pushing the gate to her right. And, uh, and so that's that's a good... Good start, but what I'm going to do now is the next couple gates, at least, I'm going to step down and bring her around on the left side and pull that gate into her and make her step away from it. So once again, it's like, you know, I've said a million times already, it's pressure and release. So I'm going to put a little pressure on her with that gate. And then as soon as she moves away from it, I'll release. And it's so it's just a... It's kind of a nudge, 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 and then then release, you know. So I'll let you know how that goes, but we'll see. Today's show is brought to you once again by the D bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is, and uh, typically a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing, and uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go, and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in, but for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel, but anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is the website started to, uh, started with the working cowboy with who has a sense of humor in mind and they also have a line of merch that you can buy uh they've got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug uh you can find them at don't be a gunsel on instagram and facebook and uh if you go buy any of their merch make sure you use the promo code burning daylight get 10 percent off it'll help them out that'll help me out and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper and their prices are already pretty cheap, so go I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the burning uh, burning daylight promo code B U R N I N D A Y L I G H T. I uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. Okay, we're back, and <clears throat> she did really good <clears throat> right there. Just I, I would pull the gate to her, and I didn't really even have to like pop her with it. I just kind of, kind of rested it up against her, 
and then uh, and then pulled a little bit just to, like I said, just create a little bit of pressure there. And then she stepped. So yeah, you stop your pressure, try it, and and she went ahead and and side passed all the way through, flipped around, and side passed back the other way. So that that worked out pretty good, and that was just with me on the ground. Now. What I want to try to do, I think I may do, is uh, one of my favorite tricks, and I haven't tried this on her yet, because I thought she was going to be a, a little more responsive to what what I was showing her, but since she's not, she's a little, uh, like I said, she rides around pretty nice, she responds pretty decent, she's just, uh, she's very much uh, an unfinished product, and uh, I thought she was going to come along a little faster on this gate deal, but she's not so one of my favorite tricks is to uh put their nose on a fence post in the alley and then just make them shuffle their back end till they're parallel with the fence so you'll be you'll be standing per perpendicular like i am right now and just have their nose right there on the gate post and then i'm going to give them a nudge around one side so like this one i want her to come up on her right hand side so i'm going to kind of try and pull her her nose around to the left and then and then get her to uh, to side pass going to the right and it's, so it's a little uh, almost kind of a contradiction for them because you 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 all, to get them to I guess to properly like bend to where especially if your gates are set at a V with the with the fence or you know at a 90 degree angle you kind of want them to bend over to it and not stick their head over the top rail of the fence that way nothing gets caught you don't get in a wreck so you want them to bend into that corner so to do that you you want to pull their head around to the opposite direction of which way you want them to go and so like i said it's kind of a little bit of an oxymoron for them so what you try to do is tuck their nose and and this uh the bow cell hackamore works works really really handy for this because you can you can pull their head one direction and then you can lift that that inside rein I guess it'd be uh, as you're going to uh, the gate you can lift that inside rein and kind of just stick it straight out the direction you you want to go so on this this way where I'm wanting her to come up on the right hand side I'm going to pull her head around to the left and then I'm going to stick that that right hand rein straight out and uh, and so that what I'm trying to do is give her the signal there is that I want her head around almost in my knee on the left hand side and then I want her to step to the right and uh, so you're giving her two signals and then then of course you're using foot pressure as well I like to use my on that, this case I like to put, use my outside leg so that would be my left leg and then I'm gonna and I wear spurs all the time some horses don't need it this one definitely does she's kind of lazy but you're not when you're wearing spurs especially you know with a bigger rowel or a longer longer shank uh, you know they get pretty severe so you don't want to just go pie-eyeing around you know uh, once again kind of a Hollywood portrayal of a cowboy is just uh, yeehaw yipping around and and sometimes you have that but typically anybody any hand worth their salt if you're uh 
if you're trying to teach a horse something, you're going to be as calm as you possibly can with them. So with these spurs, I'm still going to use them, but you're, uh, you're just giving subtle cues. So like I kind of just uh, stick my rowel right behind that front cinch and then I just press into it. Instead of kicking, I just press in until just kind of constant pressure until she steps one way and then I'll release. And uh, But by putting it right there behind the, the front cinch that I'm trying to convey to her that I want both her front feet and back feet moving to the side. So if I wanted her to move her front end, I would I would move my foot a little more forward so that I'd put pressure on her shoulders and vice versa. If I wanted to move her back end, I would uh, I'd move my foot back just about four or five inches and give her the signal to, to move her back legs. And then, so right there behind that front cinch is just kind of a happy medium for for foot placement on, uh, you know, if, if you're wanting them to move just straight sideways, which is what a, a side pass is. You're, you're getting them to cross their feet over each other and move in a straight line sideways. So I'm sure I've bored you to death right now, but that's what I'm trying to do. I know, I know a lot of you like to, to hear different methods of horse training, or some people just like to hear about it in general because they don't know anything about it. And uh, so if I can teach you a little something, that's cool. And uh, I'm, no, I'm no expert horse trainer by any means. I actually don't really, I, I almost just kind of refuse to call myself a trainer because I don't have any, you know, like particular discipline. I'm not a, I'm not a rodeo guy. Uh, I'm not a, a rain cow horse guy. I'm not, you know, ranch horse versatility, all that that stuff I don't show horses for a living I just I ride them to, to get my job done so I guess just ranch ranch work feedlot work is my my discipline you know but I I, I guess I, I don't call myself a trainer because I'm not I'm just uh I'm just riding young horses that's uh, or green horses whatever and uh so I'll leave that trainer title to people who I mean, like really do it for a living make make good money at it. I, I just make some money on the side uh, with it. And But that being said, I do I do have pretty good success with my horses and uh, the people that if either bought a horse from me or uh, has sent me a horse to ride have been pleased overall, I would say. And uh, so that makes me feel good. Uh, like I said, I word of mouth is the best way or it's the most effective promotion you can get in this type of work because especially if you're you're dealing with like uh, not necessarily ranch people because they're they're typically gonna gonna train their own horses or they've got their own people that do it you know a lot of a lot of ranches will have their own line of of, uh, of working horses that they breed and they got their own trainers whether they do it themselves or they hire people do it for them they've got their own methods so I don't get a whole lot of business from from ranches but that, that's okay because like I said they're they're kind of doing it their own way but I get a lot of I get just a lot of horse people they may not be in the cow calf ranching feedlot type business they just like to ride horses 
And uh, so that <clears throat> that's kind of some of my, my main clientele. And, uh, and those people can be very, very particular on their horses. And as well they should be. I mean, it's their, their horse. So if, if, if they don't like what you're doing, you can be damn sure their people are going to know that they didn't like how you treated their horse or whatever. And so because of that, I, I tried to, I, I pretty well just tried to do as the customer asks. And, and there's, you know, uh, generally they just want their horse and coming back in better shape than then they left you know and that because they're they're paying me money every month to do that so if i if i take a horse for 30 days and these folks pay me a bunch of money uh and that horse has not improved any i can almost guarantee you i'm uh i'm not getting their return business so i i just want to i'm trying to please the customer because they're they're paying the bill so like this last horse that i rode i told you about a little little line back done there i i didn't get much done with her i couldn't keep her sound she i you know there and then she was just uh you could ride her around but she wasn't gonna be what these folks were wanting to use her for and because of that i, I didn't put near the time in that i i wanted to or needed to 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 get anything done with her and I also I just didn't think there was much change in her you know like I said an older horse pretty set in her ways so but I, I I only charged him half of my monthly rate because I didn't put a full month in on her and I think I would have been justified charging the, the other half that I uh, that I normally would but I didn't feel right uh, charging him for that extra half because I didn't put the work in that needed to be done so therefore I didn't hold up my end of the bargain so that that hit comes on me so I uh, as much as I had liked that a little extra money I don't think I earned it so I didn't I didn't charge him and so that's that's kind of how I try to do my my business on these horses because I think I'm in pretty good graces with uh, with these these folks uh, still they're uh, they're nice folks and they, they just don't know a whole lot about horses but they like them so I'm trying to help them out and so they they can have a more enjoyable experience and you know and horses aren't cheap and uh, and if you know they're like me they're they're working just to make ends meet and so if they're not getting getting the full amount of money's worth that they're giving me I'm not gonna I'm not going to charge them the full amount either. Now, uh, now that being said, uh, they've got another mare they want me to ride, and I'm going to give them a call here later this week so I can get started on her as well. And uh, and hopefully, and I guess the good thing about her is like she is just about as green as it's going to get. So I uh, so I think it's probably going to be a lot of round pin work, which is good. I'll be able to keep her keep her sound a little bit better and uh you know and then i can just uh i can get a full 30 days because right now there's they're not starting their starting point is not ideal on this horse because they from what i've been told she's a little 
It's a little waspy on the ground. Uh, kicked the lady and I think broke a rib or two. And, uh, and they can get on her, but they can't make her move. So, so you can almost guarantee that as soon as you get that, that mare to take a step any direction, she's probably gonna fire. So, but before that, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a lot of groundwork with her. And that way, maybe by the time I'm ready to step on, she has, uh, she's learned enough and she's starting to trust me enough that it's not gonna be a big fight and it's not gonna be a big paya rodeo when I step on, which, yeah, like I've said before, it's always fun. You get a good adrenaline rush on, uh, on riding out a, a you know a bronchy horse especially if you put a good ride on it and uh and you sure enough kind of own them it makes you feel good but it could do a lot of good for them or it could uh, set you back away so i want to i want to think have them think about bucking as the very last thing on their mind i i want to think want them to think all good thoughts happy thoughts you know, if you, uh, I've mentioned before, I think my, we, uh, we use, uh, Bob Ross on Netflix to help put my, my kids down for a nap. And, uh, so you want that horse, you know, just, uh, happy little thoughts living right there in their mind instead of thinking about throwing me off on my head, which might be a happy thought for them. Might be a happy thought for a lot of people I know if I get thrown off on my head, my wife being one of them. And uh, and uh, most of the time I probably deserve it. But anyhow, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, you, I don't want them thinking about throwing me off of my head. So on something like her, I'm gonna I'm gonna work her as much as she's gonna allow me to work her on the ground, so I can make progress. And then by the time I, I step on her, she's just ready to go. So. That's what I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to accomplish with her. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but like I said, you gotta keep the customers happy and sometimes that means uh, eating, a little bit of, eating a little bit of a feed bill that uh, you didn't want to. And, uh, but that's just, that's part of, part of it, you know. Uh, I think if I, I think I treated them fair on this last horse and I think they appreciated it, so. I know they they had still wanted me to work with her, and I just I've been a little busy, and uh, so but I think we're I'm at a spot now where I can take her in, and I can really I can do some work with her, and uh, and hopefully make them a nice little trail horse that they can go, or you know even ranch horse if they they get asked to go help gather cattle or brand or whatever. You know Brandon's pretty well done for the year, and you'll have some people that that still brand, still got a few to to drag to the fire but <clears throat> by and large uh brandon season's done for the year or at least for the spring and summer so from here on out you know they, I, they but they may get invited to go uh to go gather cattle or something along those lines and hopefully i can take that little mare of theirs and uh make it make her into something that they can I can sure enough uh, go get go help some people uh, or whatever you know just do what they need to do and uh, and have an enjoyable experience. So that's that's the long and short of what I'm trying to do 
when I when I bring out an outside horse or a client horse, customer horse, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, they uh, a lot of these these type of folks, they don't really know what they're doing. They just know they like to ride horses, and uh, so they're trusting me to to give them the best experience possible, and hopefully, I can deliver. Well, I went ahead and swapped out horses for the day. That little mare did, she did all right. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but I think we made a little bit of progress. And, uh, and like I said before, you wanna, you wanna ride them down a little bit, but you don't wanna kill them, you don't wanna cripple them. And she's not, not legged up by any means. So, uh, you put a good couple hours on them and get them sweating a little bit and, uh, and it's good for them, but you end on a high note. That way, when you put them away, you're not fighting with them. That uh, you know, when you when you put them up, you can rub on them and love them a little bit. And uh, and so then when you when you jerk that saddle off of them, uh, yeah, they remember you uh, you loving on them instead of uh, instead of you know, instead of being pissed off and fighting with them. So. I always try to end it on a good note. Whatever, you know, if you make any sort of progress at all on something, call it a day because uh, you, you'll be better off in the long run than if you if you just keep pounding. But there's also that, you know, there's a line you gotta, you gotta walk where, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta read the individual animal. If they're, uh, if you think you can push a little bit more out of them, and it's going to be, you know, cost effective, so to speak. Uh, you uh, you go for it if you know that you've been fighting with them all day and uh, and nothing's been going right, and they finally say you're wanting them to just side pass one step to the right, and that, as soon as they cross that foot over, drop your reins, step off, loosen your saddle head to the barn call it good if you've been fighting them for that long and they finally do something right or something you want them to do they do it right call it a day you'll be uh you'll be better off in, in the long run uh now if uh now the next time you do it uh you ride that horse you might push her a little bit make her take two steps to the right and then and then you'll but you gotta you gotta be able to play that line of when uh you know when you when it's gonna pay off for you, and uh, you know if 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 you're not if you're not getting any if if the reward or the return doesn't doesn't exceed the input, then then you're you know you're not doing yourself any favors. So you gotta you gotta read the read the situation, read the animal, and uh, and sometimes you just gotta call it a short day on that horse. Uh, just so that you can you can leave them in a good state of mind, and uh, that's kind of what I did today. Uh, she did good. I I rode half the yard, and you know she just uh, she was just kind of fighting me all day, and and I I, op I stepped down to open a lot of gates, but there was a couple that she opened just fine. And you know when we were headed back to the barn, she didn't toss her head. She just she just walked, stepped out like she needed her to. 
and uh, didn't get prancy, didn't uh, didn't get overly excited. And I said, you know what? I think we're uh, I think we're good. I was going to get some coffee anyways, and drink water. And and she was she didn't fight me on the way back. So that's uh, so I, I went ahead and saddled up my old Mustang, Red Molly, and uh, I'm going to finish out the day on her. And uh, I think we're in good shape. So. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll saddle her up again tomorrow, see what she remembers, and uh, we'll, we'll start at it again. Um, that being said, I think I'm going to close out the show for today. Uh, I want to thank everybody that, uh, that stopped and visited with me there in Bridgeport. Uh, I got a lot, of, a lot of really good content, and a lot of it I still got to sift through. But uh, Mr. Wyatt, that I forget your last name, but he, uh, he's the fella telling the, the letter Kenny stories on today's episode or he you know he and then he's talking about being the weakest link on a ranch rodeo team which he's got a good point ranch rodeo is very much a team effort so there's days where you just don't have it you uh, you know you're throwing a bad loop but you can't correct it and uh that's when somebody else has to pick up the slack and uh, so he he brought up a really good point and uh dang sure hand i watched him operate he can he can he can work and as you you heard he is just a hilarious individual and uh so wyatt thanks buddy for being on bryson Massini, uh it was good to meet you as well i enjoyed the conversation we had i think it'll be pretty pretty good you know it's uh it's not necessarily like the comedy type stuff that we were uh that uh, some of these other people were talking but it's you know it's a good conversation i i was interested to hear your side of things being running a lot of grass cattle and uh you know what we what we do different what you guys do and uh i, I appreciate the conversations all the way around and uh, uh i just want to thank you all for it uh the the raffle went very well i uh, didn't make much money on it but uh we we got we got our costs covered and uh and we got a uh, mr stephen sinclair gonna have a uh, have himself two brand new 60 foot trumps and uh and a new ball cap and american flag bumper stickers so i think we might try to do that every so often just do a little raffle type thing uh and it really it really went over well i think uh you know for a last minute kind of deal <clears throat> we did pretty decent so uh next time we do it i'll give myself a little more leeway and uh, a little more time to promote and uh, get a little more organized on it but like i said a hundred times i'm still learning so bear with me uh colton vega and Bo and uh, mr ray johnson want to thank you guys for for your time thank you for the stories and thanks everybody that i met for their hospitality around your campfire uh, oh, Wyatt and his crew, they would not let me pay for for any beer. I tried to give them 10 bucks to cover my share of the beer, and they told me to stuff it, so I did. And uh, But I appreciate everything you guys you guys did, all your hospitality, all, all, the, all the good content, and uh, I hope I did you justice. And uh, keep tuning in, keep liking, sharing, subscribing, let your friends know, and... Uh, Keep sending me some feedback, and uh, I just appreciate everything, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So from uh, Matt McKinley here and everybody that I talked to at Bridgeport uh, this weekend, uh, I appreciate it. So uh, 
That being said, I'm gonna go finish up my stuff for the day, so move your ass, we're burning daylight. Here's a song I wrote for all the rodeo cowboys I know. Well, you're back on your feet, knock the dust from your jeans. And your soul's on its knees, rolling dice with your dreams. You got a watch in your pocket, keeping track of the days. And you OD on aspirin, but your headache remains. Here's a song I wrote for all the rodeo cowboys I know. Well, you're back on your feet, knock the dust from your jeans. And your soul's on its knees, rolling dice with your dreams. You got a watch in your pocket, keeping track of the days. And you OD on aspirin, but your headache remains. It's gonna be alright in a matter of time. Cause the dirt's gonna heal. And the pole's gonna ride It's gonna be alright Might take a little while Cause flying ain't nothing It's just falling with style hey! And when you walk through the valley With shadows to the west you can pull out your bedroll, lay it down and get some rest. And you can pray for the sinners, the most and the least. And be awakened by the sun, being born beneath. It's gonna be alright in a matter of time. Cause the dirt's gonna heal and the cold's gonna rhyme. It's gonna be Take a little while Cause flying ain't nothing It's just falling in style Cause 
might take a little while Cause flying ain't nothing It's just falling with style No flying ain't 